0: Al Jazeera Podcast. A warning before we start. This episode contains content related to suicide. Here's the show Private Detective Lee is stuck in traffic. He's on his way to school in Korea's capital, Seoul, investigating a claim of bullying.
1: In our latest case, a father called us because he noticed bruises on his son's body when he returned from school. He parks his car,
0: he reaches into his bag, and he pulls out a pair of binoculars that double as
1: camcorders. I will check if this boy has any problems on his way to school, and then report it to his parents.
0: South Korea is dealing with an epidemic of school bullying. A recent study of university students who had experienced school violence found that more than half had committed suicide. Parents are desperate for solutions, and detectives like Lee offer them.
1: We need to collect proof of physical abuse or money extortion. They're important for the school committee or the police to solve the incident.
0: Sometimes parents ask private detective Lee to do more than just investigate.
1: We receive a lot of requests from parents who want us to use the uncle package. It refers to a service where dangerous looking men scare children with their tattoos and physical appearance. Parents want us to threaten bullies and use physical violence on them.
0: But South Korea is also facing a reckoning with the bullying crisis, as more and more survivors are coming forward and calling out their bullies, even long after graduation.
2: In South Korea, a new kind of Me Too movement is taking hold on social media, that of people who suffered abuse at school. A growing number of victims have been publicly naming and shaming their former bullies.
0: So, why is South Korea struggling with a bullying crisis that is only getting worse? And what's being done to stop it? I'm Kevin Hurton, in from Alika Bilal, and this is the take. I
2: remember hearing school bullying stories from my family uh, since I was a
0: kid. Today we're talking to Yareen Park, a journalist and filmmaker based in Seoul.
2: I am originally from South Korea, but I grew up in France, so I haven't experienced um, the Korean school system myself.
0: Yareen filmed a documentary for Al Jazeera's program, 101 East, examining the bullying crisis. Bullying is a problem in probably every country and every culture in the world. What would you say is uniquely South Korean about this bullying epidemic?
2: What was striking for me about school bullying in South Korea is, of course, um, the level of violence in some cases, but also the fact that a class and a whole school can turn against uh, one student. That was the case, for example, for Heon, the victim that I interviewed in the film. She was completely isolated. Uh, No one would talk to her. Some of them would uh, lock her up in the the toilets. And she told me that she was even called by the word Chonta. Chonta is a Korean word that uh, refers to a person who is bullied by the entire school.
1: I ended up being scared of going to
2: school. On Sunday nights, I always felt like I was losing my mind. I wished when I went to sleep, the world would disappear the next day. South Korea is such a homogenous country where people tend to think as a, as a group first um, before thinking as an individual. So there's little room for differences and people tend to sort of gang up against uh, people who are not like them. For example, Heon, who used to befriend... Disabled children at school that would be like the perfect victim for bullies at school. There's a lot of stress regarding studies in school. Parents have high expectations of their children. I believe that stress definitely leads these children to bully each other.
0: One of the most famous things to come out of South Korea was the best picture, right? The movie Parasite. Is that sort of what you're talking about? There's this distinction based on class. And people are kind of, they're compartmentalized to where they're supposed to be in the society and it's very hard to move between them.
2: Yes, exactly. That's one example. That's a real example of how it works in South Korea. And um, that reminds me of something that Hewan told me during the interview. She said that uh, she sees the school system as a pyramid and you have to fight constantly to be on the top of the pyramid among the students. And to do so, you have to either have good grades or you have to come from a wealthy family or you have to be good looking or you have to earn the respect by force. So she drew this picture of a very competitive environment at school.
0: And that's so interesting because it might explain why schools in Korea are so reluctant to enforce the rules against bullying, right? Because they encourage this kind of competition to see who can stay on the top of the pyramid. So maybe they don't really see it as an issue. It's just taking it a step too far when it comes to the violence.
2: Yes. And I think it's also mostly encouraged by parents, too, because South Korea is obsessed with results and performance and uh, it really starts early on at school and um, children only focus on getting good grades and then enter a prestigious university."
1: It's the day that more than 508-thousand test takers have been preparing for. The country basically comes to a standstill when the test begins. All the traffic in front of the testing sites is controlled and banks and public offices open later than usual to prevent congestion. For some test takers, the sunung will last for more than nine hours.
2: And parents are really pushing their children to do so, and they spend a lot of time and money in securing a good career for their children. And I think sometimes that can push those kids to bully each other, and it's a way for some of them to vent out this kind of pressure and frustration.
0: Han's story was so heartbreaking, especially when she talked about how the bullying continues even after she comes home because of the internet and social media.
2: Yes, yeah, so cyberbullying is a recent phenomenon in South Korea. So before school bullying would take place at schools, but then once uh, school would be over and victims would go back to their home, that would be like a break for them. But now that uh, cyberbullying is omnipresent, like even at home, they receive phone calls, messages. Heon mentions that she receives 300 messages per day, and that is very distressing for victims.
0: There was an infamous case in South Korea that happened over a decade ago. Yurin spoke with a mother whose 13-year-old son committed suicide in 2011 because of bullying. In the morgue, his mother said her son's body was covered in bruises, and he left a note detailing what he called a year of torture before his death.
2: They dragged him around by a cord of a cassette player tied around his neck. They threw crumbs on the floor and told my son to eat them. They also put water in the sink and pushed his head into it.
0: When this was made public, I guess it caused a sensation in South Korea. Was this family's tragic story a turning point in how society views this issue of bullying?
2: Yes, because before that, there was a lack of proper understanding of the reality of school bullying in Korea. So it's only after this incident and a series of suicides of young victims of school bullying in the years 2000, 2010, that people really started to realize the emergency of this problem. And the government felt the pressure of media and public opinion, and they started to take some actions against school bullying. So that was really a turning point in the understanding of what is school bullying.
0: Yeah, and this mother has been tireless in her efforts to raise awareness for the issue. That's made a difference, too.
2: Yes, that's correct. So after this incident happened, she became one of the most prominent spokespersons regarding school bullying. She told me the story that in the hospital where her son's body was kept, her oldest son, was there with her started to cry and to punch the wall till his hands would bleed. And that's when she realized that she had to do something because otherwise she would lose another son. Yeah. Her son, her remaining son told her that he would kill those bullies. And she replied that he didn't have to do that, that she would fight these bullies by law and with justice and proper actions. And that's when she started to really spoke to the media and have those bullies on trial.
0: So what's being done to address this issue? That's after the break.
1: Get your news in less than three minutes, three times per day with the Al Jazeera News
2: Updates. Just ask your home device to Play the News by Al Jazeera or subscribe wherever you listen to
0: podcasts. One thing I love about this film is that it tackles the issue from many points of view. Um, You spoke with a former bully who admits to beating over 50 classmates. And the way he describes it is incredibly violent.
1: It started in the last year of primary school and went on until the last year of high school. I guess I was a bully my entire school life. I would target someone who looked weak, and then I would beat him up for no reason he continued actually bullying
0: into adulthood because of the country's, what he calls the country's strong hierarchy.
1: I would beat them until their ears would explode and the veins in their eyes would burst. I feel in South Korea, schools are clearly divided between bullies and victims. I'd rather hit than be hit.
0: What else can you tell me about him and especially why you thought it was so important to include his perspective?
2: So um, it was really hard to find this character. I struggled a lot because none of the ex-bully wanted to really speak in front of the camera. But this character is actually a father of two children, two very young children. And I was shocked to see that uh, he didn't have any sort of remorse. And uh, I guess that's the reason why he agreed to speak also on camera is because he didn't think he did anything. Wrong. And yeah, that was very shocking to me. Now he says that he realized that what he did was what we call school bullying, but he still says that he doesn't regret what he did because he says that it was actually something good because it gave him self confidence and it helped him to earn respect from his other classmates. He says that the reason why he's successful today is also partly because of his own experience at school. And if he had to do it all over again, he would be a bully again.
0: One of the underlying problems is that many of these bullies go on to positions of real leadership, both in government and business, I mean, as this particular bully did.
2: I mean, it's a circle, it's a vicious circle also because children grow up also seeing that kind of system in South Korea where people in power have more advantages than the other ones. There's strong hierarchy and I guess that's also one of the reasons why it's replicated in schools among children. It's because they see it everywhere in Korea in the society.
0: So there's been a major social campaign that's emerged recently to address this school bullying crisis. Can you just tell us what the latest is with this and what this movement has yielded on the government side?
2: So the main goal of this campaign is really to raise awareness because a lot of victims really hesitate to speak out and really campaigning in Seoul helps people realize the emergency of the problem And it helps create a safe environment for the victims. And then it puts some pressure on the government to take some action. And the latest one is the one that is mentioned in the film, which is that the bullies uh, should have like a record of bullying that follows them in the career.
0: So just to be clear, that is the idea that your bullying record should follow you throughout your academic career. So it could stop you from getting into university or it could even harm your prospects of getting a job.
2: Yes, correct. Now with this specific law, it would be hard for you to have like a job or to enter a proper university after high school.
0: I've got to say that some of the punishments you said earlier that oftentimes people aren't punished and they're given light sentences, but the potential punishments are really severe. I think you said that students 14 and over can get up to 10 years in prison if they're caught bullying? I mean, it does seem like the police take this very seriously.
2: Yes, but most of the time the matters are handled by the school and in few cases they're taken to the court. Mm -hmm. And in even fewer cases they get these harsh punishments. Like 10 years of prison is is almost non-existent. It's very, very rare.
0: I felt like the film was kind of a roller coaster. When I first started watching, I was thinking, oh my gosh, they're not doing nearly enough to address this problem. Mm -hmm. And I ended it kind of thinking, well, what more can they do? I mean, you have a 24-hour police hotline dedicated solely to bullying. You have kids facing years in prison if they're getting caught. You said that not a lot of them are, but still, those punishments are there if you want to enforce them. You have thousands of people turning up at anti-bullying rallies in the capital and elsewhere. So after looking at this issue in its totality, what do you think? Is this an intractable issue? Or is this an example maybe for the rest of the world on how to tackle bullying going forward?
2: I think we are going toward the right direction. And there are more and more awareness programs regarding school bullying. And that really helps creating like an environment where children can speak out and victims can really seek for help. But at the same time, For example, the NGO I interviewed for the film told me that we are always one step late. For example, for cyberbullying, we're still struggling to find a proper solution to stop this problem. And even though we come up with new legislation, our children always find new ways of harassment, I would say. So they told me that this is the main challenge for them is to really prevent before something new come up in terms of school bullying.
0: You spoke with a member of the National Assembly, uh, Lee Taegu, who said that this can only work if we take action through rules and norms. And I think the rules part is the easy part. Maybe the norms part is where the country is still struggling. Do you agree with that?
2: Yes, I agree. It's still something that is going to take time, I guess, but the fact that everybody's speaking about it and even the fact that uh, so many, you know, big TV series and uh, movies are tackling this issue, I think it's going to help to change these norms about school bullying in the future.
0: For Irene, the victims, and the former bully she spoke to, changing the norms comes down to changing society itself. When I
2: spoke to victims, they told me that the most difficult thing for them was that even after 20 years after this school bullying incident, they would still struggle with traumas, but the bullies, they would be successful and they wouldn't show any remorse or regret about their actions.
1: I've never regretted being a bully because after bullying my friends, I was never told off by my parents or professor. If I had suffered from my actions, I might have regretted what I'd done. It's important to hold power in South Korea. Doesn't everyone agree with me? And
0: that's the take. This episode was produced by Khalid Sultan and me, Kevin Hurton, in from Malika Bilal, with Miranda Lynn, Varanisa Kampana, Amy Walters, David Enders, Sonia Bagat, Zaina Badr, Chloe K. Lee, and Ashish Malhotra. Our sound designer is Alex Roldan, Alexandra Locke is the take's executive producer, and Ney Alvarez is Al Jazeera's head of audio. We'll be back.